Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Jamie. Only two of us today. I know. Randy is in Cleveland. Uh, Having way more fun than us yes. at the New Voices Cleveland luncheon. So, yeah. Hey. So, we, we've decided that Randy is like the exciting voice. Um, so, um, in, <laughs> we're sorry. Yeah. In, in her absence this week, we're going to have some great video from a rally that we had in Cleveland. Uh, that's going to be towards the end of the show. Um, but first, um, this week in the U.S. Senate uh-huh. uh, was a vote uh, to open up the doors to defund Planned Parenthood. Yeah, so in the Obama administration, states like Texas and a couple of other states had tried to um, block Planned Parenthood and plan- or, or abortion providers in general, but Planned Parenthood is usually the only abortion provider that gets Title X money, um, from the Title X Family Planning Program, which is actually a Nixon administration um program to provide family planning services to underinsured and low income, um, women and families. Um, and so this is, this is title X. Yes. As the <laughs> reporter who was trying to do a story on it asked. Uh, title 10. Title 10. Uh, so, so we, we've heard of like title nine, uh, ensures that, you know, women get access to stuff yes. like, uh, you know, the most famous thing is, is, uh, uh college athletics, mm-hmm. you know, that there's, you know, a women's softball team, yes. uh, is thanks, you know, guaranteed by title nine. Title 10 is family planning care. Yes. So this is. Not abortion care, nope. um, but you know contraceptive access, the surgical STDs, screenings, yeah. all sorts of stuff. So uh, yeah, so critical health care that people mm-hmm. really rely on. Yes, and so um, so states like Texas and those tried to say Planned Parenthood can't get the money because they provide abortion care. In the Obama administration, HHS, Health and Human Services, um, actually put out a a rule that said. You can't discriminate based on other services provided. So if they are a quality healthcare provider and meet the qualifications and are serving a needed population and meet all the actual criteria for the program, you can't say, oh, you meet all the criteria, but you provide abortion, so you can't have it. That's that's not allowed. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> What they did, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because you know, as we've said during all of our Planned Parenthood defunding stuff, hey, you're defunding the people who can do it well and giving money to people who may not be able to do it as well, and that seems kind of wasteful, right? You can't just hand out cash to every healthcare provider and say, hey, do gynecological exams Mm -hmm. because some of them are dental clinics, yes, and you know, it's different equipment, (laughs) it's just (laughs) different training, different training, different parts of the body, you know, yeah. So, um, so what happened in the federal Senate this week? Well, it was that they passed a um, a recension of that rule, basically. So it will allow states to come in and say, "Hey, if you're Planned Parenthood and you provide abortion care, you're not allowed to have Title Ten. So it basically opens the door to states being able to discriminate against Planned Parenthood because of the other services they provide. So this is a really stupid idea. It is that that the Trump people had, and it went to the Senate. Uh, and so it um, it was a close vote. Yes. They right? had to fly in a medically fragile Republican senator to even get to the 50-50 tie that we're about to talk about. I wonder if he was emotionally fragile, too. <laughs> 
you looked kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like old white dude slumped over in wheelchair coming in on a... I mean, you'd have to be a pretty weak person to try and rip away health care from patients that need it. You know, um, Okay, so, so the vote got down 50 to 50? Yes. And then... Mike Pence came in. Because the, the vice president, <laughs> for those who haven't yet taken high school uh, <laughs> government class. <laughs> or have forgotten all of your high school government class. Right. If there's, the, in the 100-person the Senate, if it's a 50-50 tie, the vice president gets to cast the deciding vote. Yes. He is technically the head of the Senate. Mm-hmm. So Pence came in and said, sorry, women, you don't get to have mm-hmm. life-saving cancer screenings. Yeah. And guess what? Mike Pence did this before. He did? Uh-huh. In Indiana. He defunded Planned Parenthood and what happened? An uh, STD outbreak. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he, you know, already did fabulous things in Indiana and caused lots of people to be unhealthy. So why not spread it everywhere? Oh, God. <clears throat> STDs for everyone. Yay. <coughs> yeah. So, so that was one of the things that Pence did this week that was like, oh, my God, he's the exact sort of creepy person mm-hmm. who hates women that we've always thought. That's really bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The other thing, which I think kind of goes along with this, is there was some discussion of Mike Pence's personal values. Yes. Um, And apparently he has a rule (laughs) that he will not sit down with a woman who is not his wife to eat a meal. Mm -hmm. And he won't drink alcohol unless she's there with him. Yes. You know the the alcohol thing. You know, I I'm I'm not a big boozer. Uh-huh. You know, I I appreciate that. I I don't like stay away from it as yes. a rule. Uh-huh. But you know, that's one thing. Not eating a meal with a woman outside of his wife's company. That is a creepy damn thing. It's creepy, but it's also I, I mean I think like you said it kind of goes along with the thing he did before. When you're not hearing women's voices, if you're not interacting with women like outside of your social nucleus and and able to know their lives and know who they are and their struggles, how are you legislating? Right. With you know, with any knowledge of how the world works. You know, as a as a female lobbyist, you know, if Right. You know, I don't sit down with meals with a lot of people, but like I'm in one-on-one meetings in a closed room with dudes a lot. Right. And so if they were, you know, of a similar ilk and not willing to sit down with me, right. then, you know, I would be completely ineffective at my job. Yeah. It really just that's kind of how it struck me other than the creepy just in general, but you know, in my experience kind of world how he, you know, isn't hearing the full range of kind of how the world works by imposing this rule. Yeah. I, I, I think there's, there's many different viewpoints on this and, and I, I think that they're all definitely valid. Um, you're looking at it from a, you know, if, if I needed to discuss legislation mm-hmm. with them, you know, over, over, you know, Chinese food for lunch, yeah, he wouldn't engage in that conversation. And so, that door is closed to you as mm-hmm. a professional. Um, I heard about it, and my first thought was, you know, I'm I'm a married guy mm-hmm. uh, who works with many women. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, I've had 
trips where I'm flown halfway across the country and put up in a hotel room at a conference that's nothing but women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't like break down and become some raving lunatic because I'm just (laughs) surrounded by women. I don't understand this on a very personal level. Mm -hmm. It's like, what the hell is broken in him that he doesn't trust himself or his wife doesn't trust him to be alone in a room with a woman? What Mm -hmm. does he think is going to happen I it kind this of is almost a sign of some weird personal weakness in him and it kind of pisses me mm-hmm. off. Well, I kind of, you know, when you think about it through his um, you know, uber Christian lens as well, you know, it goes back to almost that women are evil temptresses from the Bible, the Adam and Eve, you know, I'm going to tempt you with this apple and you know, like no, he, he can't, you know, women yeah. are kind of in this evil kind of realm where they're going to tempt you away from. That's such bullshit. I mean, yeah. like, dude, if you don't want to cheat on your wife, then don't <laughs> cheat on your wife. It's not that difficult. Yeah. You just having dinner with a woman's not going to. Yeah. You eat the meal. You have the conversation. You keep your dick in your pants and everything's going to be okay. This isn't that hard. Yeah. So I... I, I know that he got this from some other like big long mm-hmm. list of rules from uh, Billy Graham, and, yeah. and they they originated from church ethics, and you know let's not uh, overstate our accomplishments, mm-hmm. and let's you know keep our finances transparent. Mm-hmm. Which you know, hey, that's a great rule if you want to pass that one around and, the White House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Puts that one up the chain a little bit. Yes, but then yeah, in in this set of rules, which otherwise were fine, is this you know we're not going to mm-hmm. be around women, and it's like this is a core part mm-hmm. of your thinking. That's fucked up everything else that you do. Yeah. I well, don't get it. And even talking about through it now, I'm thinking about it in other ways. Like it almost, you know, reperpetrates rape culture as well. Oh, it that totally does. It's this whole boys will be boys thing. Well, I have to keep myself away from women because I can't just stop myself from raping them. You know, it just happens. And, right. You know, it definitely perpetrates that culture as well. So, you know, yeah, it's just so wrong on multiple levels. Yeah. I I I feel like a normal person doesn't think that they need this rule because a normal person, you know, just yeah, <laughs> it's it's almost a you know a tacit acknowledgement that he's got some inner flaw that mm-hmm. he's afraid of exposing. Yeah, I'm, all women are sexual beings that you must have sex with if you're in a room with them. Alone. Oh God, dude, it's it's just lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christ. So. Uh-huh. Our vice president, you know, and then meanwhile, you've got Mr. Grab him by the pussy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you've got the, the two extremes on They're this the end. worst odd couple that's ever been put together, and mm. they're leading our country. Uh-huh. Jesus. And shit's going crazy in Syria and North Korea, and the whole world's falling apart. And, ah. Right. <laughs> Help. Yeah. You know. Mr. I won't eat dinner with them. And then Mr. Uh, hey, here's the key to my mm-hmm. hotel oh, room. room. Uh, Come up later. Yes. Miss Hungary. Uh. <sighs> oh, uh, yeah, continuing the fabulousness out of our federal government. Yeah. And I, I think this is totally related. So the next thing we want to talk about is the US, U.S. has withdrawn from uh, a program uh, run by the U.N. It's the United Nations Population Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, It promotes family planning in more than 150 countries. Uh, So this is how we help countries Mm -hmm. 
control their population. Mm-hmm. You know, we send them pallets full of condoms and birth control and, you know, funding so that they can hire health educators to teach people mm-hmm. uh, in developing nations how to not have just all of the babies. Yes. This is good for them. It's good for their economies. Mm-hmm. It's good for their families. It's good for the health of the women because then they can plan pregnancies, which, you know, increases their health mm-hmm. and, you know, reduces infant mortality all across the board. This is an excellent program. Yes. Um, but you're only okay with population control if you're not some weirdo who has backwards views about women mm-hmm. and yeah. how they should be accessing health care. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, and, and the thing is, it's already outlawed to cover any sort of abortion care. And if you remember, if you're a frequent listener, one of the very first things Trump did was sign an executive order reinstating the gag rule that exist, had existed under Reagan and, and Bush and actually took it to the next degree so that you couldn't get any money for, for you know, international aid on healthcare services if you even counseled women about the dangers of illegal abortion. Right. Not only, you know, actually performing abortions, but counseling women about abortion. So this money is birth control money. It is, you know, basic healthcare money. It's education money. And, you know, they're using, again, using abortion to justify cutting off this program when we know that they're cutting it off because they just don't like the program in general, but they can't say they don't like birth control. So they use, you know, abortion as this, you know, flag over here. So we pay attention to that instead. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I look at this, um, from, uh, from the point of view of, of someone who was taught about population theory in high school and, you know, un uncontrolled human population around the world does lead to famine. Eventually mm-hmm. we have more people than we have meals and people starve to death. Uh, and so I think it's really sick and disgusting that we're putting literally like, you know, a billion people at risk mm-hmm. of famine because Mike yeah. Pence thinks he's going to commit adultery over pasta. If he sits down <laughs> with a woman, uh-huh. you know, a, and and I think I think a lot of these policies, you know, Donald Trump didn't even know this was a thing when he came into mm-hmm. office. I I know Mike Pence, you know, understood this. Oh yeah. And I think he's pushing a lot of this shit mm-hmm. because he knows that eventually the Russia stuff's gonna catch up with Trump. <laughs> yeah. Trump's gonna get impeached and Pence wants to have the stage set with all of his uh, you know, far right people when he goes to try and get elected to mm-hmm. the presidential seat in twenty twenty. It's yeah. Completely disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Pence is definitely behind all of this stuff. This is not Donald Trump's doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good news. I wish, I wish Randy was here. She'd be screaming about all of this. I know. Um, I'm just like bitterly angry over it. <laughs> you know, we're boring. We promise we're getting to really interesting people in a minute. Uh, so looking to the states, uh, there was a, a, an abortion clinic in Kentucky that want to stay. Yeah. Um, stay, of course, uh, you should always remember, aren't permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does keep open Kentucky's sole abortion provider. Uh, it was a temporary restraining order by a federal judge that stopped what would have closed the clinic. Um, so even though we're here in, abortion, uh, uh, here in Ohio, how important is a Kentucky abortion clinic to us? It's very important because, frankly, we're already getting women because Kentucky has already lost... I think they were at, they were at least at two. They may have been at three clinics in the last year or so. So they've they've lost and gone down to this one remaining clinic in Louisville. 
Um, and so th- we're already seeing an increase in women from Southern Indiana and, and Kentucky coming up into Cincinnati. Um, and frequent listeners will know that we went from two clinics in Cincinnati down to one clinic in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. So right. that region was already, you know, in a place where it couldn't handle the number of women who needed access to care. And right. by losing that last Kentucky clinic, West Virginia, I think, is also down to just one as well. So that whole region right. is is really critical to hold on to. It's almost like the, the southern migration, northern, northward. Um, you know, Mississippi only has one left, I'm pretty sure, and there's several other um, southern states that only have one clinic. I think Alabama, maybe. So we really you know, are starting to see more and more states with just one last clinic hanging on. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the clinic in Cincinnati needs to cover Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> and much more than that. Uh-huh. And, and you're never going to get an appointment. No. Uh, and, you know, and that is <clears throat> timing of appointments for abortion care is... Yeah. It's not something you can put off for six months. Right. It's incredibly critical. Um, so the, the clinic in Kentucky, it looks like the state's pulling the exact same sort of uh, I, I don't know if that they call them transfer agreements, but agreements with mm-hmm. local hospitals, that sort of crap, uh, which doesn't improve care. Nope. If it's if the agreement is in place, if it's missing, it's out of date. None of it has anything to do with the actual care that's provided in the no. facility or how they would handle an emergency. Mm-hmm. That's still just 911 and an ambulance ride. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's critical, just like how uh, the overflow from Toledo goes into Michigan. Mm-hmm overflow from Kentucky comes into Ohio and we need to make sure that there are doctors available to treat patients. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's good that Kentucky got this day. Uh, so that's, uh, news on the state front. Um, case I gave the state of the state last night, uh, didn't really, yeah. Uh, (laughs) actually it was infuriating, but on our issue it was pretty boring. Infuriating and snore at the same time. (laughs) Um, he, he believes in personalized medicine, unless your personal decision is to have an abortion, and then you're just screwed. But, you know. Uh, we are keeping an eye on what Kasich is doing, what the state legislature is doing with the budget. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, what we've been doing here in Ohio relates to what's happening in the U.S. Senate right now. Um, as we're speaking, uh, Jeff Merkley, senator of Oregon, has been rocking uh, a massive filibuster Um He's going, uh, I think he's like 15 hours into this thing. Um, uh, Oh, and I'm just reading a tweet from from Elise Hogue. Uh, The Senate Majority Leader um, has ended his filibuster. Uh, But so the Democrats in the Senate are attempting to Mm -hmm. uh, do everything they can uh, to block uh, the nomination of Neil Gorsuch. Um, And we thank Sherrod Brown for everything he's doing on that because he's awesome. Yes, uh, and we had a really great event here in Ohio to draw attention to that, to say we object. Um, and uh, we're going to play some some video or for, uh, for iTunes listeners, some audio. Um, we had a, a great event uh, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Copeland, our executive director, uh, was uh, she was there to wrap it up. But before then, we had uh, state legislators, doctors, patients, um, Our friends clergy. at New Voices. Yep, friends at New Voices. Uh, you know, a ton of people that uh, led a really terrific event uh, in Public Square uh, on Saturday yep. to, you know, to say, hey, we need to stop Neil Gorsuch. Um, at a minimum, let's 
let's put a hold on this lifetime appointment until we know exactly how Donald Trump uh, mm-hmm. has let his team be controlled by Vladimir Putin's people. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, a, a great event, uh, even though it was uh, freezing cold in Cleveland. <laughs> Um, I feel like some of our January events, it was warmer than our oh, it totally April was. 1st event in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what we're going to do for you uh, is start you off with uh, Stephanie House, state representative. Uh, do you want to say a couple words about uh, Stephanie House and, and what she's done for us? Yeah, she's an amazing state legislator out of Cleveland, um, and she has been a co-sponsor and sponsor of our pro- bills and our proactive agenda. But most importantly, she was the ranking minority member on the um, Community and Family Advancement Committee, uh, a.k.a. the Abortion Committee last year. Right. So really led um, the opposition to so many of the abortion bills that were in the state legislature and does some amazing work in Cleveland on poverty issues and and those kinds of things as well because she really, she, she really is one of those legislators who really cares about you know, making life better for her constituents for sure yes so amazing speaker representative stephanie house well good morning beautiful people how y'all doing good 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 well thank you mallory and thank you for everyone uh for taking the time out of your saturday morning to come here and participate in the people's filibuster give yourself a round of applause you know um we are in a time where individuals, and I don't know if I can lift this up, but I'm going to bend. Um, we, we, we are at a time where people have really been given permission, you know, to be disrespectful of one another, to have disregard for differences. And there's another group, a group of people like us who know America, Ohio, Cleveland, Northeast Ohio deserves better and can do better. <clears throat> and so while, you know, we, we know 2016 was a rough year for us, right? We, we know that, but it has really inspired and, and lighted a fire under many of us who have just been comfortable, right? Many of us now are uncomfortable and getting to a place where we are going to have our voices be heard. Um, there are movements going all across this nation to let people know that our voices will not be silenced. We will continue to speak up, go places, and make other people uncomfortable for doing the disservice that they are to people. Um, <laughs> and sometimes, and, and you know, and I will say, I will say this, um, just because we disagree with people, that doesn't mean we have to be nasty, right? And I, I really, I, I'm really, it is something to be said in a time where we allow our disagreements to really get to the place where we, our anger turns on one another to be violent, you know, to be intimidating, to have this spirit of bullying. And we have to take the moment to say, you know what, let's at least get in a place where we can come together, we can agree to disagree, and maybe work to find where we can have compromise. That is, we all are, we all are different, coming from different walks of this earth, but there are opportunities to have compromise and we really have to work toward that place so we can get the end results that we want, right? Okay. And, you know, as I, you know, two weeks ago, I, I had the opportunity to participate um, over in Market Square and we were talking about, you know, saving the environment, right? And I always have to be remiss if I don't mention that 
while we are doing all of these movements, we have to really, really work to be inclusive of one another. It's, I, I, and, and it's not just about the women's movement. There is an attack going on on our, our immigrant brothers and sisters, undocumented workers, undocumented citizens. It's a, a movement and a, a war going on against poor people. I mean, and I'm serious, in the State House, um, week after week, I serve on the Community and Family Advancement, and to hear the malicious things and the attack on poor people, the attack on women, and just attack on working poor, it really is just unconscionable. It really is. And so as we move on, I want to encourage you all to stay encouraged, stay motivated, begin to Talk to people that you haven't talked to because this is all hands on deck, 24-7, 365. We're going, we're going to need this. You know, we know that there are various things happening in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 and 2020, and we're going to need you all every step of the way. So I applaud you. I thank you all for coming out this morning to show your support. But again, as we continue this movement, make sure you bring someone with you because we're going to need all voices. If we want something different we're gonna have to bring more people to the table and again I thank you all for being here and remember your voice always matters and this is the people power uh, next up we have video of representative Nikki Antonio yeah she's also from Northeast Ohio out of the Lakewood neighborhood um, she has been a longtime supporter and champion of our issue um, in the state house um, introducing prevention first bills and and really working. Um, she's also the ranking minority member on the health committee. So any of our abortion bills that go through there, she's kind of the leader on those. So here's Representative Nikki Antonio. Good morning. morning. Keeping warm. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like a little righteous anger to keep you warm, right? To get us fired up. Are you fired up? Absolutely. I want to give a shout out to my colleague, Kent Smith, State Representative Kent Smith. I know you heard from my other colleague, Stephanie House, was in the house before. You know, we know what's going on here, right? The only wisdom I can share with you, and it's not an original thought, um, but I heard somebody say a couple of weeks ago, you know, we need everybody to be able to not just access health care, but affordably use their health care, right? You know, I have access, and this is the unoriginal part, I have access to Tiffany's. I can walk in, I can look around, but can any of us here afford to shop at Tiffany's? No. No, not me either. And that's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference. The difference between being able to say, I can open the door, but can I actually afford to walk through and see a doctor? Can I make a decision on whether or not I'm going to eat this week? or I'm going to take care of a chronic condition. And that's what we tried to address with whatever you want to call it, the ACA, Obamacare, um, act, you know, the affordable care that people have been enjoying. And we need to keep that. And in this, yes, yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> 
And in the state of Ohio, we're fighting right now to make sure that those folks that, that Dr. Mysack talked about continue in that expanded health care, that they continue to be able to have not just access, but be able to use their health care to stay healthy so they can go to work, so they can do all the things they need to do, keep a roof over their head, buy shoes for their kids, put food on the table. That's what we're talking about. And that's why this is so important. We will not go back. We will not go back to the dark ages where people had to make those rough choices about whether to eat or whether to go to the doctor. We will not go back. Women, we will not go back. Never, never again. We will not go back to the time when women did not have sovereignty over their bodies. We've, <laughs> I'm sorry, we know, we know what having access and be able to use reproductive health care looks like. We know it saves women's lives. We know that that means it saves families because the moms are there for their kids. We know that it makes a difference in the economic well-being of a woman and her family if she has access to reproductive health care. It's not brain surgery, which is why some people should go do that instead of policy work, but that's a different issue. So I just want to thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing right now. Together, we have to continue to do this work. We have to be outside, speaking up, standing up every single day. And you are doing this, and it is awesome, and it makes a difference. Know that it makes a difference. Why do you think they couldn't turn it back at the federal level right now? It's because of you. You did that. And you need to continue. We need to work together. We are happy to work hand in hand to make sure that as we go forward, the most important thing is that people in our district, people in Ohio, also have the healthiest lives that they can. And that means they continue to have health care that is affordable, that is that they are able to use. You know. Margaret Mead, my favorite, and you know what I'm going to say. She said, never doubt, and it's very applicable today, that a small group of people and their ability to change the world, because indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Keep changing the world! Uh, and then the last one from the Saturday's rally is her own Kelly Copeland, who we love and adore. Um, she, uh, she wrapped up the event. So here's Kelly. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out on this uh, cold morning, but being red hot against President Trump's nominee, Neil Gorsuch. I want to tell you a little bit about Neil, uh, why President uh, Trump picked him for a lifetime appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court. This 49-year-old uh, man who could literally be there for, I don't know, three or four decades, a long time. 
In the Hobby Lobby case, who remembers Hobby Lobby? Yeah, that, that was Neil. He said that corporations have religious rights that are more important than your right to access birth control. He said that your boss can decide whether or not your health insurance covers birth control. That's like saying your boss can decide how you spend your paycheck. You earn that. And that position is disqualifying and we object. In another case, Gorsuch sided with the government of Utah to defund Planned Parenthood. All the services that we just heard about. That's disqualifying and we object. Operation Rescue, an organization whose president has openly advocated for the execution of doctors who provide abortion care is delighted that Neil Gorsuch has been nominated by President Trump for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. That's disqualifying and we object. In a book that he wrote on another topic, Gorsuch wrote that there's no constitutional basis for giving women more rights than her pregnancy. That's disqualifying, and we object. The president of Students for Life, who recently admitted that she would like birth control and IUDs to be illegal, not just defunded, illegal. She's thrilled by Gorsuch's nomination. That's disqualifying, and we object. Neil Gorsuch has been a longtime donor to anti-choice organizations. That's disqualifying, and we object. But honestly, I think one of the things that bothers me the most is during his confirmation hearings, Gorsuch was evasive, indirect, and formulaic when answering basic questions about reproductive rights. Not only that, but he mansplained to the women senators who questioned him like they were children who didn't understand the tenets of the cases they were asking about. That's disqualifying, and we object. And President Trump promised to appoint nominees that would overturn Roe versus Wade because he thinks that women should be punished if they have an abortion. And Neil Gorsuch's his pick, and that's disqualifying, and we object. So on Monday morning, they're gonna vote on this guy in committee. And that's probably gonna be a party line vote. And if that happens, it's gonna go to the floor of the Senate. And if the Democrats hold the line, if the people who support the right to choose, like Senator Brown, can hold the line, they can prevent this nominee. This is not a done deal. But we need to show them that we have their back. So what I want you to do is if your fingers can move, I want you to get out your phone, and I want you to get these numbers in your phone. I'm going to give you a minute. You got it? You got it? I should have told you to get your phone out earlier. All right. It's 888-896-6446. That's Sherrod Brown. You need to call him and love on him and say, thank you for standing strong. We have your back. And then I'm going to give you another number. That's going to be a different call. Leave a message. Keep calling. 
text them, tweet them, email them, call them. Senator Rob Portman's number is 800-205-6446. And call Rob Portman and tell him, you can't change the rules. You can't hide behind your staff and not answering your phone because we see you. And we demand that you stand up for our rights and for a Supreme Court justice who will defend the Constitution and the people of this country, who will defend our right to access abortion, to health care, to basic human rights. And you tell him that when it comes to Neil, Gors Neil Gorsuch, we object. Thank you. Okay, so we we should really have a video of Randy singing it, yeah. let's get it on um but uh so here's our our upcoming events <laughs> um uh April 13th uh if you're in the Athens area if you're in southeast ohio um Narrow and Planned Parenthood and Urge are working together to put on a learn and earn take action night April 13th it's at Jackie O's Tap Room and Brewery yes um fabulous so, local business down there that supports us continuously yeah Jackie O's I mean, really for, for years has been very supportive of, mm -hmm. you know, when I was working for Planned Parenthood, every time we went to, to Athens, yeah. it was for something at Jackie O's. So yes. um, buy a pint from them. Uh, at preterm uh, on April 24th is Reproductive Justice 101. Uh, you want to talk a bit about what the difference is between reproductive justice and like all the other reproductive whatevers? <laughs> yeah, so reproductive justice was um, actually a term coined by a group of women of color in I think 1994, at least the mid 90s. Um, and it kind of evolved into an organization called Sister Song. Um, they were returning from a UN family planning conference somewhere in the world. And um, where they really had started talking about, it might have been actually the Hillary Clinton Women's Rights or Human Rights and Human Rights or Women's. Oh, nice. That might have been that one, but I'm not 100% sure about that. But, um, and they really, you know, wanted to have kind of a platform to speak from that, that because especially for women of color, these are all interconnected. Um, and so they really came out with a platform of what it, what reproductive justice is in relation to reproductive rights and reproductive health. So, you know, different organizations kind of fall at different points. Planned Parenthood is a reproductive health care organization that works in reproductive rights as well, but is primarily a health care organization. NARAL is a reproductive rights organization. Um, and groups like New Voices and Sister Song and um, other women of color-led groups um, are reproductive justice organizations that really focus on their mantra of um, reproductive justice includes not only access to abortion and preventing pregnancy when necessary, but also being able to parent the children they have in safe healthy communities. So environmental justice moves into it. Criminal justice moves into it. Um, the Repeal Height Art Project has an amazing kind of layout of different kind of artistic pieces on all these things. You know, when, when we were dealing with the Tamir Rice murders and, and all those things, like the, the ability for a kid to go to the park and play and not be shot by the police is a reproductive justice issue. So it really encompasses the whole range of, of these issues that impact women and families. Right. So it's reproductive rights plus justice. Yes. And if you're not doing the justice part, then don't use that term. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, April 24th in preterm, 
should be a really terrific event if you're in Cleveland. Yes. Uh, April 27th is preterms bowlathon. April 28th, nope. April Ninth. 29th is women have options bowlathon. So if you're in uh, the Cleveland or Columbus areas and want to uh, support local abortion funds, you can do a bowlathon. Uh, and then May 3rd, we've been pushing it. Uh, take the day off work if you can. Come to the state house uh, 10 to 4 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a road together state house advocacy day. Yes. Um, get some training in the morning. Uh, get assigned somebody to uh, go with uh, to your state legislator. Uh, tell them how you feel about restrictions on mm-hmm. reproductive rights, uh, you know, health care funding, abortion rights. Um, a really terrific mm-hmm. uh, advocacy day. Our intern Emily has been diligently calling all of the office schedule, offices scheduling meetings. We've got lots of legislative meetings scheduled. Yes. Um, so it'll should be a really great day. On May 3rd. Yes. Be uh, there, be square. Yep. So come out to that, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye.